The thing that I'm most curious about for your input is this big statement that sits in the middle. Thriving people, capable learners, leaders for the world God desires. Talk to me about what kind of person that is. Because that's a really broad statement, isn't it? It's a real catch-all statement. And I think depending on who you ask, you would get a different answer. What sort of qualities would they have? Like a person with those capabilities, you know, you would look at how they apply themselves to a situation uh, and how, not positive, but, you know, they'll put 100% into whatever they're doing. Like I, I see people, like the people I'm sitting next to right now, you know, I could say that they're like that because they're just so um, present and just gonna, I know they're gonna give 100% and I know that they're gonna speak up for something that might not be right or something that needs to be spoken about, you know? Yeah. I think a person who's aware of the world and issues that are happening, um, it goes into detail about like effective communicators and ecological awareness, which are the two foundations that sort of need to be present in the world right now. Yeah. Um, I think this person would be a good leader for the world and it's something that we need currently. From Catholic Education SA and ArchD Radio, this is the Living Learning Leading Podcast. I'm your host, James Meston. This year, we're going to be releasing a series of podcasts looking at all the different aspects of the new Living Learning Leading Framework that has been launched in Catholic schools in SA. There's lots to it in terms of detail, and over the episodes, we'll explore all of it. But first, we really need to talk about what's at the heart of it. What are the central ideas, and why is Catholic education introducing this, and why now? We'll cover all of this today. Who you heard in the intro were Kat and Abby, this year's school captains at St. Mary's College, on their impressions of the statement that sits at the very centre of the framework, which is this. Thriving people, capable learners, leaders for the world God desires. We'll be hearing a bit more from St. Mary's, another Year 12 student, Tate, about this later in the episode. But first, I'd like to play some of a recording I made at an All Student Leaders Day last term. There were a lot of guest speakers on the day, lots of activities and lots of conversations between school leaders from different schools. Caesar Director Neil McGoran came along after lunch to speak to the group, and that central statement formed the basis of what he said. I was thinking about a leader for the world God desires might be somebody who others are willing to follow. And sometimes the people that get followed the most say the least. And I reckon there's that wonderful quote about preaching the Gospels and if necessary, use words. What is different in a Catholic school is that relationship is defined as one with God and with you and with your friends. And I think that relationship with God is so powerful. A Catholic school should be a place where you encounter Jesus in the small things. It might be in a prayer. It might be in song. It might be in the good action that somebody does. It might be in a teacher who gives his or her time to you in ways that you find amazing. It might be in that friend who comes up to you one day and says, I think you're feeling down. I just wanted to check on you. They're the moments that are life changing. And you should find that in a Catholic school. But hopefully as a leader, 
you bring those moments to other people. And if you bring those moments to other people, I reckon you're being a leader for the kind of world God desires. Because I think, well, what sort of world do I think he desires? Presumably one where people are in right relationship with each other, have an understanding of all of creation and concern about that, and can keep some perspective. And perspective is important in your relationship with God because it helps position ourselves as equals, but recognising that there is somebody to whom we could look up to. So when you come to the Living Learning Leading Framework, the notion there is to describe each of those, a thriving person, what would that be? Who would that be? And how might that be you now and in future? So the sense of confidence and comfort that you have, the willingness to try new things. Do you know what's a fascinating thing I learned the other day? The older you get, the less inclined you are to try something new. That's a worry, isn't it? So why is that? How do you attend to that? And what are you going to do about that? How are you going to enable yourself to be a different kind of person to the one who it seems that most of us as we get older tend to condense ourselves into this person that's not quite the full person that we once could have been? Challenge for you, opportunity for you. Second part is a capable learner. What are the capabilities? So there's literacy and numeracy, we get all of that, and communication is thinking, creativity, critical thinking, innovation, great, intercultural awareness and understanding. These are all the things that help you to be an immense person who can continue to learn. And then the leader for the world God desires, someone who's going to make a change that's going to be good, puts other people in front of herself or himself. How might you continue to demonstrate that? And how might people always see that you are an extension of that kind of world that God desires? You are part of it. So when I was finishing year 12, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. and I suspected I was going to be an architect. So I did art. I didn't even like art, but I thought, well, architects have got to know how to draw. I better do art, see how I go. So I did art and I was terrible. Got into architecture and decided that given that I couldn't draw, that probably wasn't a good thing. So I made a decision to be a teacher. I remember going to the university and saying to them, look, I want to be a teacher. And they said, well, you got into architecture. And I said, well, it doesn't matter. I want to be a teacher. And they said, you could do anything though. Why would you want to be a teacher? And I said, no, I actually want to be a teacher. And my major motivation for that was I was a, a first in family to go to university. My parents were from Scotland and prior to that Ireland. My dad had left school at 11, my mother at 13. Uh, that was just the way it was done. So I was given this gift of education. So I was going to take it and I took it. And my decision to come into education was that I felt it was something that every young person should have the opportunity, if not the entitlement, to feel like I felt with an education. And Catholic education to me was the place where that could be exercised the most. Because the history of Catholic education is about educating those people who otherwise would not have had access. 
And that for me was the best thing I could do with my life. Never regretted it. I started working at the Catholic Education Office in 2004 as part of the religious education team. I didn't know this at the time, but the person who interviewed me for that job had only two weeks beforehand herself started as the coordinator of that team, having worked as a Catholic school principal for many years leading up to it. So we've known each other for a long time, over 15 years. Monica Conway is now one of the Catholic Ed Assistant Directors and was very involved as part of the leadership team in the crafting of the Living Learning Leading Framework. I caught up with Monica recently to talk about this, but wanted to find out to start with where her teaching journey began. When did you first get a sense of going, when I grow up, I want to be a teacher? Was that something that you ever thought? I can tell you exactly when it was. Okay. So when I was in year five, um, we had a teacher, so it was a, a nun. And sorry to say, she was quite mean. <laughs> she had a lot of children in her class, perhaps. But um, so do all teachers, though. <laughs> yes, I know. Anyway, I you know, I'm looking more fondly back on this. Okay, things. let's go. I don't, want, I don't want to take that away time. from you. Yeah, but she was quite mean, and she was very dismissive of people. And I don't know why. I suppose I do reflect on things. And I was reflecting as a 10-year-old, and I can remember this, on the impact that people can have on the way you feel about yourself. Yeah. And um, she didn't make me feel good about myself, you know, and I remember thinking very distinctly, you know, I want to be a teacher because I want to children to feel good about themselves. And I know teachers are pretty powerful in that. They have the power to make you feel good about yourself or not feel good about yourself. So I understood, not from a power point of view, but the influence a good teacher could have. Yeah. And um, then I never changed my mind, ever. That was what Locked I was going in. to do. Locked in. When I was in year 12, my mother, because it was actually quite hard to get into teacher's college. It was easier to get into other um, courses. Um, I remember my mother saying, have you got a plan B? You know, <laughs> what if you don't get into teacher's college? And I, we had a booklet which had all these careers in it. So I said, all right, I'll have a look. And I found this one was in the legal profession and did some research. We found out there's only was only one person in that job in, in South Australia and they weren't anywhere near retirement. So that, that's not an option. So I'm stuck with teaching. I just have to get in. And I did, yeah. luckily. But um, I, one of the very lucky people in this world that knew what they wanted to do and was able to do it. Yeah. So after you left Teachers College, did you go straight into teaching in a Catholic school first up? I did. You did. Have you did. always taught only in Catholic school? Yes. Right. Uh, except for practicums when I was at Teachers College. Sure, sure. I didn't think that was going to happen. You when didn't? I, no. When I left high school, I wanted to be a teacher, but not necessarily in a Catholic school. Um, I just, and in fact, it, as it turned out, I got a job in a Catholic school. I could have, I got two jobs, one in the government sector 
and one in the Catholic school. And if I'm honest, it was because the Catholic school was closer to my home than the the government one. Um, But from the time I started, I knew that I was in the right place. What made you think that? Because I had the opportunity then to to bring together what was important to me in my my faith and my life into my work. Yeah. I didn't have to keep that as a private thing. Yeah. It was part of my job. Did you find that linking your ideas behind what you thought was important in education and teaching with the ideas that were like important to you about faith and Catholic identity, did they come together easily for you? Very much so because it was about what it means to be human and what we are, the dignity of the person, the value we have in God's eyes and the value we should have for each other and deeply underpin my educational principles. Um, the way I would view a child, you know, um, and their capability and their beauty. And so you've been in Catholic education ever since, from yeah. day one. Yeah. I'd love to know, because everyone talks about the things that make Catholic education different, you know, the more pastoral approach, um, the idea of um, um, Catholic identity running through the whole curriculum, those sorts of things. For you, as someone who has been there for such a long time and seen so many different things at so many different levels, what do you think is the most unexpected thing that Catholic schools uh, do differently that people might not see or might not think of? It's always a difficult question to answer because I don't think we should claim things that are, you know, can be easily found in other schools. Yeah, with right. good People of goodwill and people who are, you know, really connected to each other will treat people with respect. We shouldn't say that that only happens in our school. Yeah. But I have often wondered about this, and if there isn't something that's different, then why do we exist? I remember, um, and this is, I suppose, not really answering from my own point of view, but because I think um, having only worked in Catholic education now, you know, it's hard to, you need to ask people from the outside sometimes rather than people in the inside. But um, when I was a principal at one school, we had a group of students from the university doing their um, teaching practice. And uh, one of the things I, I got them all together and was talking to them about their experience. And I asked them, had they, and for all of them, there was five of them, I think, they, it was their first experience in a Catholic school. Yeah. So I thought, well, this is an ideal time to ask this question. So I said, look, you know, we say that we're different, but are we? And what have you noticed? And they all, without any question, said, oh, yes, there's one very big difference. At this school, you teach children to think about other people. That you, there's wow. always an emphasis on, you know, thinking about the other people around them, uh, their impact on other people, but also more broadly, globally across the world through religious education, through our social justice action. You know, you think of Project Compassion Mm -hmm. and all of those times. And they said, we've actually been talking about that. We've really noticed it. Wow. They all said that. They all, one person started and they said, oh, yes, yes. And they had obviously had the conversation between themselves. 
Um, and I was, you know, obviously particularly heartened to hear that they'd noticed that about the school that I worked at. Yeah. But I want it made it's always made me wonder about that if that's a chief characteristic. And they said other schools that they'd been in, and it might have just been those schools. You know, there a lot of emphasis on the individual doing well and you know behaving and doing all those things, but the emphasis wasn't on doing things to be part of. Um, community and that is at the heart of our Catholic faith is that we are a community of believers it's not just about our individual relationship with God it's about us as a yeah. community so. this is it's very interesting that um we now have this new framework it, it's a framework and it sits along with, with other things as well it's got a, a framework and the continuer that's the sit within it but right at the very heart of that is this statement like there's all the things around the outside and in the middle it says thriving people capable learners leaders for the world god desires that's the thing that everything kind of emanates out from or rather all the things from the outside add up together mm. to make and i've been spending a bit of time going out into schools and putting the document in front of students who've never seen it before mm. and saying what do you make of this what do you think and when we get to the bit about the thriving people, capable learners, leaders for the world God desires, it's really interesting you say that because the one quote that really stuck out to me that talks about that sense of community, um, this was a year 12 from St. Mary's College, and this is what she said. Um, I think, like you said, it's different aspects. For for one person to be able to do all of that, mm. they need these supportive people. Like they need a community that thrives. They need people who are willing to learn and they need to be a leader who wants a better world, who is looking to change the world for better. Like, like Abby said, with the ecological stuff, yeah. like they need to be able to know what they want, who they need and how they're going to do it. Like yeah. they need that thriving passion, that those people who drive them because without people like if I didn't have these two like Kat said I wouldn't be as passionate because they make me a better person they make me a better leader so it came oh, purely out of that idea yeah. of that there's no point in being this leader for the world God desires if you're not also surrounded by other people who also embody those characteristics. Mm -hmm. And that really struck me. I thought that was really awesome. In fact, it's impossible to be a leader without others around you. It is, it's not possible to thrive and to, to live up to your full potential. And it is that belief that we are made for each other. Yeah. Um, but not to just lead over people no, in this kind of benevolent top-down thing. No. It's to lead in community yeah. with others. And that's real leadership. I think um, someone else I know said that the, the reason Catholic schools exist is to make a better world. And I believe that too. That is at the heart of what Jesus is um, teaching us in the Gospels. It's about being a better world. And that's what our mission is, to help the young people we touch be better people for a better world. But I think the big question whenever the LLL, Living, Learning, Leading, has come up in conversation with teachers in schools when it was first introduced, the first question generally is always, why are we doing this and why now? If you were asked that question, as I'm sure you probably have been, how would you best answer it? Well, I think part of our growth and quest for ongoing improvement wanting to be better as a system of schools wanting to be better as a catholic education office and individual schools as a principal wanting to you know keep being better is to keep looking for ways to frame what's important and what we've 
um, learnt, particularly over the last 10 years, is is related to what I was saying before, that we can be so much better together. Mm. That rather than being a collection of schools that all are under the Catholic education banner but individually go about their work, that we're going to be so much more successful as a Catholic education system if we work together. And I think over the last 10 years, we've been lots of things that we've done that re- that have helped us uh, develop a more system approach to things, um, a shared approach. And so uh, we had the Catholic, the continuous improvement framework and other ways of articulating what quality Catholic education looks like. And then we're able to look at that and help us uh, grow and develop our improvement actions together. The framework is another example of that. It's something we can collectively look at and say, yes, they're the things that are important to us. We agree that that's collectively where we're going to focus our actions, our our discussions, our improvement actions together. So it helps us um, I guess focus on the same things. Otherwise, you can have schools all focusing on something different, yeah. articulating it in slightly different ways. I mean, in the end, um, we're focused on the gospel. You know that, and I know that you know that God loves us and that we are called to love each other. And we can distill things in lots of different ways. But this is the way that we're synthesizing what's important to us at this time. Um, we're building on things, the advance or the understanding within the broader educational community and really the community globally that capabilities are very, very important. Not just what you know, but what who you are and what you can do and understand is what the world needs. We don't yeah. need just people who know a lot of stuff because we've got computers for that. We need in this. 21st century we need people who can do and think and be in certain ways so that's why this is for this time because it foregrounds capabilities and it's clear those capabilities are developed for the center to be thriving people capable learners and leaders for the world god desires so I think that it, it's this time because of the capabilities and the understanding and it's this way of expressing it because this speaks into our cultural context at the moment, speaks into the educational context, but it's deeply embedded in our Catholic tradition. So it's a statement for our time, a framework for our time. In the coming weeks and months, our podcasts will be focusing on the different aspects of the Living Learning Leading Framework. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to this episode right now to get new episodes as soon as they're released. If you have any questions that you'd like addressed in an upcoming episode, you can email me at archdradio at cesa.catholic.edu.au and I'll make sure we cover it. Also, if you're a teacher or a parent, a student, or just someone interested in education and you know someone else who you think would like to know more about the framework, please share this podcast with them. The Living Learning Leading Podcast is a production of ArchD Radio for Catholic Education SA. 
If you've enjoyed this podcast, I think you'll also really like School Life, which is all about the life of different schools in the Catholic ed sector in SA from the students' point of view. You can subscribe to that wherever you get your podcasts. My name is James Meston. I'll be back in a few weeks with another Living Learning Leading episode. Thanks for listening.